Johnny Wang makes his eighth film and proceeds to hurt the Jackie Chan Stuntman Association. My name is Kenny B. With me is Tom KW, and this is the Director Series 39 on Johnny Wang's Angry Ranger. And welcome back, and we are deep into the Johnny Wang filmography. It's not an extensive filmography, but we're in the home stretch, if you will. We're watching Angry Ranger, and uh, after this one we have Escape from Brothel, and possibly his very last film, Kung Fu from Latin Dance, if we can sort out a viewing of it from 2003. There, it's uh, turns out uh, it's obtainable, easily. So um, it's going to be complete, hopefully. Uh, but uh, we got Angry Ranger, Escape from Brothel, and possibly Kung Fu from Latin Dance. <laughs> from the hard, hard, hard director of Angry Ranger. Man, I really hope it lives up to the title. If it has Kung Fu and Latin Dance, then, then you're set, I suppose. That's all we need, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe he turned a corner and uh, became a more mellow director in 2003, who knows? No, so. I really hope not. But uh, we're here at uh, the Angry Ranger stage, um, and uh, I I stumbled on it fairly early on because it just had enough of a rep as, as a, mm. a small of a film as it is. Whenever whenever it was brought up, it was the Jackie Chan connection, but that it's uh, quite hard and uh, violent, so it isn't uh, you know the stuntman playing with uh, bamboo poles and juggling chairs and what have you. It's uh, it's a harder-edged Jackie Chan film, if you will, for lack of a better word. And uh, so uh, I had a, like a VCD rip of it, and uh, nowadays I have a laser disc of it, and that's uh, where we stand in terms of uh, that uh, home video collecting of Angry Ranger. But it always had a strong connection in, uh, in the community, despite it being such a small end, as we'll talk of, not very profitable film at all i think that if it's if you haven't if, well if you've only seen one or two um johnny wang films and i'm assuming that this is one of those two along with escape from brothel yeah and maybe hong kong godfather certainly over the last 10 years or so more eyes have, yeah uh, yeah uh, have uh, have uh, landed on uh, hong kong godfather but uh, but yeah it's it's it seems like that indeed uh, it was my first uh, johnny wang di- directed film even though i had no idea of uh, who wang lung wei was by name i'm sure i've seen I- i'm sure I-, I had seen him as the eternal mustache of uh, kung fu films before <laughs> yeah i'm certain it was mine too that's a, an, a nice history to have and it's nice to come back to it here with a refreshed uh, perspective on who Johnny Wang is and we've been following his uh, violent path, uh, if you will. A little <laughs> bit comedic here and there, but mostly a violent path from 1985's This Man is Dangerous to Bloody Brotherhood uh, to Widow Warriors, uh, which uh, kicked off his uh, 1990s. And here we are in 1991 doing Angry Ranger. It's been a lot of fun. It's been like a theme park, almost like a roller coaster ride, but just with a lot more machetes. And uh, and uh, sort of a surprising factor in terms of can he hurt characters anymore? 
like it seems like Hong Kong Godfather was sort of the ultimate uh, bloodshed of it all but it seems like Johnny Wang had violent cinematic tendencies in him and could uh, do them without repeating himself yeah. necessarily which is very cool I mean for God's sakes Andy Lau armed with a saw going into a final <laughs> brawl of bloody brotherhood I mean I'm so in and uh, it was more it was marvelous to selection <laughs> he knew a carpenter so he picked up a saw and uh, that's yeah it yeah, it was handy, very that was, handy. That was it. So uh, we're going to talk Angry Ranger this episode, but you know what's uh, coming up. At the very least, one more film, but we're going to try and complete the complete the thing with um, a film that uh, I bet no one has seen. Literally, no one has seen. <laughs> <laughs> Zero viewers. <laughs> at least in the West. First and, time for everything. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to it. Uh, for all your podcast on Fire Network needs, including the back catalogue of the director series. And thank you to anyone who has, uh, every, uh, anyone and everyone who has listened. I've received some good feedback from it in terms of uh, people who were really, uh, became really motivated to seek out these uh, films. And uh, they really appreciated a thread from beginning to end that we... Uh, started off and uh, are attempting to complete so it's re- very nice to hear that feedback uh, uh, even if there are no like huge extensive notes on the director at hand but uh, we've done our best to provide as much uh, context uh, about his career as we could i mean heck we uh, we we had an interview that we could uh, tap for uh, notes within the widow warriors episode uh, where he talked about working with uh, Lau Garlung and at Shaw Brothers and that, that stuff is valuable so it was uh, very very nice to see the man uh, from a very recent interview, uh, talk about his career uh, enthusiastically. So, so uh, that's uh, great context and a great education for for myself. I mean, it was it was nice to hear him uh, be very honest and modest. That uh, he essentially said, "I had no aspirations to be a leading man actor, but I really liked doing action." Yeah. So he didn't care about being slotted into walk on baddie for the finale or baddie for the entire film not at mm. all uh, but but frankly he got to as an actor work with some nuanced material in the case of uh, that episode it was uh, sort of centered around martial club for director lau garland where he comes in as this either northern or southern fist uh, uh, fighter or northern style fighter or southern style fighter yeah, and he's yeah. roped in by the bad guys to be their sort of main rumbler Number one here, no one's going to take him down. And he realized that uh, he, he's not really on board with um, what's uh, like going up against uh, Wong Fei Hong. Uh, Wong Fei Hong is not uh, the bad guy here. So, uh, mm. being, Did you say grumbler or rumbler? Rumbler. <laughs> Maybe he grumbled about being a rumble. Rumbler. That's what I mean. I had this kind of image in my head now. I'm going, oh, I hate this job. Why am I always roped into this? <laughs> that would be, that would have been, you know, been added like an extra layer, Internal extra dialogue. dimension. Yeah. To the performance, yeah. But there were, there were there were dimensions to that performance, and um, and even if there hadn't been any, we still probably would have gotten the uh, alleyway fight between him and uh, Gordon Liu's uh, Wong Fei Hong, uh, uh, fighting in the alley where it gets more narrow, each you know minute by minute and uh, things like that. So th- those notes were very valuable during the prior episode on the Widow Warriors. But uh, we are here. We are going into Angry Ranger, and uh, for the rest of the contact information, go to podcastonfire.com. Our social media links are available there, including our Facebook presence, uh, our discussion group, and uh, the links to our Twitter feed, Instagram feed, and all that uh, good stuff. So I'm going to hand over to uh, Tom to uh, do some uh, plugging of the ongoing. Uh, Saga, the YouTube video empire that is the Logalogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, check out the Logalogs. That's uh, 
where me and my co-host, Mr. Mr. Stuart Sutherland, have a bit of booze fueled fun over there. Uh, that's the Logger Logs on Instagram. We're at the Logger Logs on Instagram and the Logger Logs on YouTube. Um, that seems to be the two areas that are quite getting hot at the moment, getting hot and heavy over there. So check those two out and um, yeah, come and say hello. We don't bite. Only if you want us to. They only, they only drink. They don't bite. They don't chew. <laughs> they drink. We don't even swallow sometimes. You know, we, we, we like to kind of take a wine tasting approach to it and just, you know, do a bit of gargle and spit it out. You know what I mean? I hate being intoxicated. It's it's, it's not a good look on me. Yeah, uh, I think it's... Uh, it looks bad on you. You agree. Yeah, agree. it looks yeah. bad on you. You, uh, you, yeah. you need to be uh, in a sort of limbo state of, uh, of uh, neutrality. You can't say all times. Okay. Yeah, it sounds exciting. If you were to uh, direct viewers to something, didn't you do a um, video where either Stu pranked you or you walked off because he presented a beer that you hated? So what was the deal? What was you the know deal what? That, that Stuart, he, he tends to do that quite a bit. Yeah, he's always trying to, you know, get one up on me. Um I think that was very recently. And I, I'm, still, I'm still struggling. You know, I've still got PTSD. Is it a beer that was so disgusting that you made Stu promise never to bring it up on the show again? And he did! We've had a lot of talks behind the scenes about him not bringing that beer up again, and, and he did. Uh, and, you know, I was disappointed more than, more than anything. Sickened and disappointed. But that's, that's usually how I feel about Stu, you know? Well, uh, that's uh, your motivation <laughs> to go to the Logalogs YouTube channel to find the controversy. Less <laughs> about my relationship problems and, and more Hong Kong cinema, please. Alrighty, let's head into Angry Ranger from 1991. The plot from Letterboxd goes as follows. Uh, the film is about Peter, played by Ben Lam, returning to his old neighborhood after a prison term, and he finds that the friends he used to hang out with are now a violent street gang that is terrorizing the community. So, fight fire with fire. Enter fight action, I suppose. He does, <laughs> literally. Johnny Wang was connected to Jackie Chan after appearing in Project A2. And uh, this film was further strengthened by Jackie Chan's producing credit uh, on this film, Angry Ranger, and his stuntman association provided the action. And Johnny Wang's film in this case also gave Ben Lam a chance at a lead role after fight roles in Police Story, Villainous Turns in the sci-fi comedy I Love Maria, starring Choi Hak and John Shum. And he was also in Holy Virgin vs. the Evil Dead with Don Yen. film title of all time. Yeah, not that hot <laughs> on the film personally. It's, uh, but uh, why wouldn't you watch Holy Virgin vs. the Evil Dead? Think of no reason. It's got nudity in it as well. Not from those guys, but uh, it's got nudity from other persons. Uh, and uh, that, that uh, film, Holy Virgin, was released the same year as Angry Ranger, just for a little context. Uh, so the film with these combined forces opened in Hong Kong cinemas on September 14th, 1991. And Angry Ranger left Hong Kong cinemas on September 18th, 1991. <laughs> he didn't play for a year. He played for four days. Crazy. So a flop by any standards, uh, therefore earning merely 764,000 Hong Kong dollars. Well, he never had a chance. Like, come on, guys. Never had a chance because the, <laughs> there was so much low attendance and other films uh, promising greater attendance had to uh, get their deserved spot, I suppose, as unfair as that sounds. Um, so, so yeah, they really didn't stand a chance. So it's a, a big old Jackie Chan flop, I suppose. Uh, be, him being a producer on it and his company being behind it, Golden Way. 
but it's still fondly remembered as we discussed in fan and cult circles because of the combined sort of Jackie Chan and Johnny Wang stamp on things so and I think that's uh, that, that rep is earned because it, it really comes off as uh, a mixture of the two without either abandoning their respective voice. I agree, so yeah. Uh, 1991 was otherwise a successful year for Stephen Chow, whose film Fight Back to School was the top earner with 43 million, followed by, speaking of Jackie Chan's, his film Operation Condor, Once Upon a Time in China was that year's seventh biggest uh, local hit, and uh, Her Fatal Ways 2 also made the top 10 great year and award good year yeah, yeah many good years in the 90s there especially for Stephen Chow awards wise the gangster epic to be number one that was number three at the box office was named best picture <laughs> to be number one failed <laughs> be number one in at three that's uh it's rather humorous well it is Stephen Chow after all <laughs> It, it, it is Stephen Chow and Jackie Chan overall. Uh, Ray Loy, who was the star of To Be Number One, couldn't uh, outmaneuver those two. Uh, so To Be Number One came in at uh, number three, but it was named Best Picture. Uh, Choi Hak was named Best Director for Once Upon a Time in China at the Hong Kong Film Award. Best Actor went to Eric Tsang for his performance in the drama Alan and Eric Between Hello and Goodbye. He's very good. That The film is quite uneven, to be honest. Uh, yeah, interesting. Like, I think a, a noble failure, maybe, I would, I would, I would call that. It's a Peter Chan film who later made Comrades Almost a Love Story, which is the the, the better sort of melodrama with uh, that involved Eric Tsang and Maggie Chung as well. Uh, and uh, the other star of that film was Leon Lai. Cecilia Yip received the Best Actress Award for the film That Thing Called Love. And Best Action Design went to Yun Cheng Yan, Yun Chun Yi and Lao Gaoing for their combined work on Once Upon a Time in China. Uh, as you might remember, Tom, they... There, there wasn't a unified style to Once Upon a Time in China. It starts out a bit more grounded, and then mid-production, Choi Hak started to have bigger ideas, more high-flying ideas, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It definitely it definitely morphs a little bit towards the, the back end of the film. It does indeed. So so, so I think all of those guys, um, like like Lao Gawain might only have so specifically or more uh, done the majority of his work, during the early stages and what have you, and then uh, yeah, then it went a bit uh, more high flying as the ladders came out during the finale. And by that time, Jet Li was injured as well, so there's not a whole lot of Jet Li yeah. in that uh, in that uh, finale in terms of uh, physical activity. But uh, what can you do when you break your foot or break your ankle? You're fucked. Not a lot, to be honest. But you just keep 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 on keeping on. I think it's the only thing you can do. In all honesty, when I first saw that, knowing nothing didn't like like uh, there's no like wait a minute there's doubling going on here it was all like a unified that gently kicking ass on the ladder so obviously the, the illusion can be sold to new audience yeah. so it's it's fine exactly and, and, and they're very good at doubling uh, hong kong uh, hong kong uh, cinema uh, industry profiles and professionals uh, it's only when it gets to hd where it gets a little bit dicey like that that's... just not just not when it comes to white women <laughs> that, uh, that white woman is now a chinese male in the background there but uh, i didn't spot that on the video version 10 years earlier oh the joys of hd eh? i suppose yeah but they're they're doing like even if we spot it it's still excellent doubling under the circumstances so you know man. yeah so it's all good so that, that's really the background notes on Angry Rangers. So we're going to head into the review. And uh, I think it's an impressive merger of Jackie Chan's Stuntman Association know-how, know-how uh, and rhythm where mixed with Johnny Wang's preferred heavier, grittier, violent impact. 
uh, Ben here is not here. Ben here, Ben Lam is not here to be that likable uh, or that likable underdog with Jackie Chan way. And it seems producer Jackie Chan didn't insist either. What I don't know is whether he was just an in like an executive producer or, or if he was involved in the production. I don't know if he was on set adding choreography uh, touches or not. Have no idea, so I'm not going to state either or. Uh, it might very well be uh, its uh, its own thing with his guys involved and not him. Like he he trusted his uh, group to go into this production and uh, perform this. Anyway, I think po- all parties involved saw the advantage of this merging, and that's why this film has always been appealing to those uh, uh, finding out uh, more about Jackie Chan's career or more about Johnny Wang's career. So it's a good time, a good violent time, and it looks like a Johnny Wang film. But the flourishes that they will get from the professionalism that Jackie's stuntman provide makes it great as well. So I really like it. Took the words right out of my mouth, buddy. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a good blending of the the two styles. I think for me, it's just that dichotomy of in terms of Wang's filmography, the the narrative uh, and the performances maybe being the blandest so far, but the action being the best. So it's very strange. It's this film kind of of, of two halves. It's got more bite in the second half, I'd argue. Yeah, I think so too. But it definitely takes a bit of time to kind of to, to build up. Uh, and it gets there in the end, but it may be a little too late by the time that, that final fight scene comes on. Yeah, you're, you're not invested, but man is the, the power, power fetching, I'd say. I agree, I agree. I think it's just hard to get behind Ben Lamb, as, as you mentioned, because he's, he's kind of not really a bit of an anti-hero. He's... Uh, he's way more reactionary than he for, uh, than he should be you know he uh, any injustice into the fray he goes you know <laughs> i think that's what it is yeah and the tip for tap plot gets a bit repetitive and boring quite quickly you know the whole i dance with your girl so you smash my car you call peter report the fishmongers i work at so i poop on your front lawn <laughs> you know that kind of stuff it just it gets a bit redundant after a while well you mentioned ben lamb though and uh, as Neat as it is to see a leading man experiment, uh, I think he was better for bit roles, support, and certainly as a villain, he knew how to yeah. play up that. He had, he, you know, he has a bark uh, and glare about him yeah, yeah. as a villain. Yeah. Where we're talking, I love Maria, which is in, which is a fun film, but still, it uh, requires a, a villainous presence, more of a ha 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 type of presence. But he's fun, uh, but he's really good in Return to a Better Tomorrow, where he's a character that uh, has this glare very real glare and him and nice Sing makes a good uh, villainous pair in that one um, big fan of uh, that Wong Jing film with a very uh, cheap title to be honest because it isn't really a better <laughs> tomorrow film uh, as such it's yeah. a great little eking Lao Ching one and Michael Wong film never forget Michael Wong great Lao Ching one performance in that if yeah. I remember um, and, and sync sound and Lao Ching one uh, getting uh, he's, he has an English tutor in the film which is lovely because it's all sync sound. When he does, he repeats the lines <laughs> like this. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so, watch Ben Lamb tear up the screen in uh, Return to a Better Tomorrow. So, really, not enough charisma for for the leading man experiment here. Or um, I and, agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, his physical contribution is top notch, as is everyone's. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If he doesn't, I mean, if he doesn't kind of quite get there with the acting or the presence, he definitely gets there with the action, um, for sure. You you can't like say, well, it flopped because of him. I flopped. I think it flopped because there there was no like 
there was no one here for people to go like, ooh, let's go see that. I mean, it really comes down to stars sometimes. It really does. And I don't think you can plaster Jackie Chan across everything Angry Ranger promotional and get people into the tune of 10 or 15 million. You really can't. So Yeah, and sometimes it seems like it's too much choice. I mean, it, it gets to that point when you've got so many films stacked together back to back that it's like, how do you actually make a decision on, on, on what to say? And uh, it might have come out during a time when something really popular was out and everyone went to that. And uh, the four days were over quite quick for, for this film, which is a shame, but uh, at least it has a life uh, uh, on uh, on video and uh, certainly DVD and stuff like that. You know, it's funny that uh, Ben Lamb coming out of prison is such a cool cat that he smokes cigarettes without a filter. He bites off the filter of the cigarette. And then lights a cigarette. I, I, I was just like, you're getting like strings of tobacco in your mouth right now. <laughs> it doesn't look cool. It looks dumb. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's what I kept kind of not cringing at, but kind of thinking to myself. I was like, they're trying to push him as this cool antihero, but he litters, he drunk drives, <laughs> he endangers his friends. He's purposely bad at his job. I think it's supposed to come off as badass but i kept thinking what a douche that this this guy is like how am i supposed to get get behind him yeah so uh there, there are a couple <laughs> of touches here that that uh, make you go a little bit laugh at the film uh, but you know it's a short package and we get to the sort of main attraction quick enough i suppose but uh, it's really evident early on that i think uh, this is not going to be a, a revelatory uh, leading man experiment or anything yeah no no but yeah, speaking of Jackie Chan, this doesn't need to come with a strict Jackie Chan voice, so uh, it really can play up the grit and hard violence, uh, which is very nice. It's uh, it's very evident quickly that Ben Lam is not the leading man experiment uh, that uh, is going to work out, but it's also evident very quickly that this is still a Johnny Wang film, so like the flashback with a lot of fast uh, slashing and bloodshed and uh, the, the moody, bluesy guitar stings as Ben Lam sort of defiantly except the, the soundtrack's awesome dude yeah that kind of bluesy electric guitar bass soundtrack is fantastic i mean i would have liked to hear, heard the song that they recorded for it and didn't put in the film you know the you know mighty morphin uh, angry rangers thing <laughs> that they didn't put in the film but they release it separately but that's that's fine that's fine this worked well too go go angry ranger <laughs> Maybe there was a Power Ranger that got excluded because he was too angry. He's <laughs> an angry ranger. Damn it. So so I, I'm glad you um, appreciated the, the score. It's a, it's very like somewhat um, reminiscent of Teddy Robbins' score for Full Contact. Those like blue, yeah, bluesy guitar yeah, stings. And, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I didn't make that comparison in my head, but you're right. And, and he also tries out a, and, and this might be a divisive element and certainly uh, it might just look at a director trying to be a visual artist but i actually really like the visual style of it all those blown out uh lights uh, like any light is an orb here even in daytime mm. uh, like uh, uh, these uh, lights are lit in such a way where where it looks like an orb really and uh, it, uh, it can be hard to sort of see the background because of the foreground having this uh, orb of a light just uh, pulsating if you will really looks good during nighttime in particular, everything's kind of blown out, which I hope isn't actually an error. It, Unintentional. Uh, <laughs> uh, where, where the cinematographer messed up, but uh, I think it looks, because it's not a high-budget film and it's certainly not set in the big urban landscape metro 
metropolitan Hong Kong. It's a decidedly smaller, but it kind of looks good on the film to have a distinct visual style and distinct soundtrack. And within it, we get the violence that we get. I I, I don't think that's a good um, uh, a bad thing at all. Actually, it uh, it it has a sheen of sorts that I actually appreciated. Um, to be honest. If you can take away anything from the film apart from the action, it would be the soundtrack and and the cinematography. Like you said, it looks great. Like it's it's, it's lit well. It's definitely got a certain ambiance to it, a certain atmosphere to it. So that's definitely one of the the selling points of the other film, I would think. And, and being set in a decidedly small portion of Hong Kong, no gangsters look cool and glamorous or anything. Uh, yeah, which is. I think kind of rough po- and ready kind of guys aren't they? A little bit, yeah. And I and I think it's I think that's the point. It's not that the fashion has grown stale and old and cheesy. Uh, I think these guys look look the way they do because of the areas that they are in. They're not in high society or anything. Like even the Sopranos guys walked around in uh, in baggy clothing doing their thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I think I I think to have like a young young and dangerous esque kind of cast in this or looking cast in this would probably be a bit out of touch with the material or mm. not in sync with the material god i wish for young and dangerous movies were as hard as this to be honest <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh johnny wang is in the series here and there right in one film at least but uh, there's no johnny wang stamp on it all to be no. uh, to be honest uh, is there anything to care about in terms of the romance that johnny wang develops between peter and jane as he swoops in and uh, becomes king of the dance floor and uh, jane becomes infatuated right there and there is that a affecting part of the narrative tom thomas no <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i've already forgotten about it um sadly again it seems a bit unnecessary i know by including her it adds a bit more drama to proceedings, Con- obviously. Conflict because of who she conflict, belongs to. Yeah, and obviously um, it adds to the tit-for-tat kind of um, story setup, as I mentioned earlier. But no, it doesn't add a whole lot, to be honest. It didn't really feel real, sadly. I'm sorry, Ben. I just don't think it was pulled off as intended. And it just seemed a bit, bit redundant, really. I mean, she becomes involved in terms of the abuse and violence so you certainly feel that but it's not an affecting part of the film it really isn't she she does her best she's very pretty i think uh, she does have a uh, long yun jing that, that's right and uh, yeah. i think uh, she has charisma for these roles but they, they, this isn't the role to sort of bring that out but she doesn't look like an awkward uh, actress leading lady i think uh, she um, she has potential i don't know much of her career to be honest but the the the, the, the song you heard at the top of the show is from this disco uh, scene where, where they didn't dance to this song by the way they did not dance to the I can't stand the pain <laughs> they did not dance to that song they did not dance to anything because uh, uh, well, well, it, well they didn't shoot live sound so I, I'm sure they danced to something but uh, not that song but it's great though I love that song whenever I hear it I, I sit there you can't stand the pain favorite part of the, do you turn off after that scene <laughs> just switch it off. Well, my, it. well, my motivation is now. to hear the song more, so of course I continue watching. <laughs> oh, I, I like to think that on your copy, your VHS copy, the Angry Ranger, that bit gets all fuzzy and kind of messed up because you just keep rewinding through it and watching it again. Yeah, people watch like uh, Fast Times at Richmond High VHS. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly, exactly. At a certain point, they rewind moment. and rewatch. I watch that point. <laughs> <laughs> I watch for the song in Angry Ranger. That's how I wore out my shit. 
So so yeah, but it, it is all like to, to set off this violent spark, which is fine because they do action as well as they do in this uh, once of a neighborhood gangster territory conflict actually has quite a bit of edge and actually dangerous characters. Jackie Lloyd's character is not that character who plays. I d- I'm not sure if this is translated correctly, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is that Jackie Lloyd's character, one of his childhood friends, is called Aids Lun. But I don't know. I don't know really what what, what is going on there. I, obviously, I don't know Chinese, so because because they don't play for a gag or anything. In sexy and dangerous, the Billy Tang film, uh, Lily Chung's character is called AIDS, and but that film is a little bit more comedic. So I guess that was just fun to them to name her AIDS. <laughs> but th- this isn't comedic. So I don't know why Jackie Loy, who was actually quite good, and um, yeah, yeah. A- a- as this young up and coming, power hungry and power grabbing type of gangster. He he looks the part, but obviously there are people above him that are way more intense animals. Yeah, he's more one of the more flashier uh, tribe members in this one. Yeah, for sure, sure. Uh, but AIDS learn, so make about what you will. <laughs> if someone watches it and knows Chinese, let me know if there's yeah. w- w- what is going on there because the translators must have gotten it from somewhere. Please let us know. I can't go to my grave without knowing what the story <laughs> is behind AIDS, Lon. But there are some standout brawls here. And one of my standout brawls in mid-movie or a third into the movie is the brawl inside. Well, there's the brawl with AIDS, Lund's gang, who looks like trademark Jackie Chan using props like chair for, for stuntmen to fall into. Uh, I believe they're in a bar of some sorts, but there are a lot of cool stuff where the stuntmen are flung into environments hard, which is the sign of, it's not strictly Jackie Chan days, and I, I dig it. They are uh, they are utilized, and they are going to fall into environments hard, and they're such professional stuntmen that they are going to look the part as well. Uh, they, they perform that ad- so admirably, uh, being flung into stuff here. You're right, bud, you're right. I think the, I think the action may be ever so slightly accentuated by the Jack Chanson team, but I don't think it makes a huge difference. You know, Johnny always brings the pain regardless, and it's, it's a good I mixture. I can't stand above pain. the pain. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a very potent mix. Uh, because, he, because he's not credited with the action uh, as such, even though he might have contributed. So it's it's the Jackie Chan stuntman group. But it really uh, looks like they're, they're tailoring themselves well to Johnny Wang's voice in terms of. It's almost uh, close to Samo style, I would think, with it being a, have a more of a harder edge, you know, kind of acrobatic, but a bit more of a harder edge rather, rather than Jackie's, you know, or it feels like the closest, um, uh, closest kind of choreography to Samo style that, that, that Jackie Chanson team and Johnny Wang could come up with. But but it's a nice little first tease, I think, because it's not the best sequence in the film where we see how they're going to deal with uh, impact, uh, action impact here. There's no, uh, in, at this point, no one-on-one necessarily. There are big brawls and uh, there are things in the environment uh, right for destruction and throwing stuntmen into. There's not a whole lot of like huge falls from the third floor or whatever. Like, they're using the sort of grounded environment. Just it's tight quarters stuff, isn't yes. it? Especially with the bar and the classroom and a few other scenes. Um, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Using kind of what, what they have, but no kind of, in terms of like the geography of it, it's very kind of close quarters. 
Uh, as much as we sort of uh, think Ben Lamb's character is uh, not that terribly interesting, they do inject some decent conversation about how irresponsible it is to get you in, to get yourself involved in a conflict. Like, stop acting rash, stop acting on your own. Uh, but he doesn't listen, of course, because he, his his sort of say morals is uh, I'm going to right wrongs. I can't turn a blind eye for injustices. But he needed to sort of sit down a couple of times here to avoid uh, to avoid. The bloodshed death if only occurs. Thought for a second if about only thought anything, for a second. it would be a different different film. But at least it's a springboard again for the elite professional aspect of action. You're right. uh, yeah, you're right. So, so, so the scenes with him and uh, Jane, obviously, he's not this. He's not Andy Lau personified, not at all. No, and they even no. do uh, a moment of romance, iconic thing about riding a bike together. That, that, especially the, the poster, it kind of reeks of a uh, moment of romance. And it's not. Not quite there, sadly, no. They, they do reverse it in a way because uh, she's driving y- the yeah, bike for yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the back. But he yeah. isn't even, in, in one shot, he isn't even holding on to her because he's that much of a hard man. Like, I don't need to hold on to someone's waist or anything. I can just sit here and, phys- and physics won't do a thing to me. Hong Kong, 1991, very sexually progressive. I mean, you know, we were just talking about AIDS learner now this. It's, it's, it's an interesting time. Some greater power it comes into the film in the form of the great Sun Chen from the Venoms uh, playing Jane's... Uh, Jane's uh, not, not husband or anything. He simply abuses and dominates her. He just wants uh, a woman next to him and he's going to do what he likes to her. He And he isn't animal here such an animal uh he was the action director on widow warriors with uh, johnny wang but here he appears at, he adds this uh his role is obviously some little bit older than aid sloan and even more lethal bad boss and uh, he deems jane to be his and uh, he's violent if he's not satisfied with her devotion uh, t- he's the typical loudmouth boss of course but his big slap of her really got to me it's it's violent yeah, and very unpleasant yeah. not I mean, n- not that anyone should make that a fun thing, but it's genuinely unpleasant, and uh, it gets the point across. So I- I'm I'm not deeming it unacceptable for the film. I I like that what we go for uh, from uh, Aids Lun as the flashier, younger big boss, and you think like, well, th- that's gonna be our big boss. Big boss? No, there are people higher up that are animals, and those animals are gonna make the movie continue to be uh, good at translating uh, uh, translating such uh, a ferocity into uh, ferocious action. And uh, I, I love seeing that. Sun Chen really never was this intense during his Shaw Brothers days. So it's really nice to see that uh, he had this animal in him. And uh, I, 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 I dig his presence here, really do. Definitely. It brings out... Intensity, like you mentioned, to the film, and again, it kind of escalates proceedings just by kind of his presence alone and the character he portrays. Um, he's really, really cool in it. Uh, and even if all that trial bling and hairstyle and clothing style is is old, it, it you don't see that when you see a ferocity like he can provide. Yeah, uh, you you see that instead, and uh, the, and then the movie is like at the halfway point and has a good little. Um, Good little momentum up until the ending, I suppose, um, and including the ending, probably. Uh, so there, there's, there, there are highlights, uh, set pieces here, like the Ben Lamb fighting all those guys in the alley, uh, which, which is decidedly undercranked, granted, but I'm with you. It really doesn't matter because uh, 
it still still comes off uh, really well and accomplished all those short range kick and punches and takedowns in the alley uh, it's all dynamic and fast and no fancy beatings here just fall people falling into tables being shoved into walls falling into walls just destroying the environment with their body <laughs> <laughs> and granted there is a kung fu fight here with uh with another character they introduce uh, uh another boss the one that ben lamb sort of finds uh, a respectful dynamic with because they're both uh, kung fu able they respect each other's styles he, he's doing mantis style that character for god's sake but still i didn't think that that uh, tanked the film or anything you know no, no, I think uh, are you talking about, is it Chung Kwok Macau Ha? Macau Ha? Uh, Chung Kwok Wa, indeed. Yeah, wow, that's he, the guy. And, and he plays Macau Ha or Macau Han. And that adds like another narrative kind of uh, string to the film uh, as well. So they, they they try at least. It's just, uh, man, it's just, it's just bland, isn't it? Like I think the interactions between the characters, they try and they've got interest in actors there playing interesting characters but somebody just can't quite get the narrative all together and, and make it interesting it's workable it's it's workable string in between the action stuff i suppose uh, so i i was never truly bothered by it because uh, the more the tougher and bloodier it gets the easier it is to forget about uh, the blandness of the leading man and and the sort of bare narrative because uh, by, by that point it really does i mean the highlight sequence for me is that frantic fury during the attack on Jackie Lois uh, aides Lund. Um, even as undercranked as it is, they are tearing him to pieces in that scene. And that finishing move by Sun Chen Brutal. into a, a, a glass um, uh, either door that's leaning against the wall, or like a window leaning against the wall, and he kicks aids Lun into that and it's just brutal. He's torn to pieces before and now he's, you know, it's is uh, absolutely shattered and dead. Of course, uh, uh, lo- love that scene because it's all uh, uh, the lighting as well. It's all very blue, very dark and moody, and uh, you, so you realize it's escalating and it's hard and it's really exhilarating to be honest. It's good. It's really, really good. Very brutal, um, and it really gives you that kind of impression of like a merciless kind of world, isn't it? Like it's just you know anyone can die at any point anything can happen and it simply isn't like shootings or like someone being stabbed once by a machete no they're 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 animals and they're gonna rip their they're gonna rip their prey to pieces and that you don't associate with jackie chan you associate it with johnny wang so again his voice is shining stronger which is good well it is his his film isn't it and i think that's probably makes sense um that there's that sprinkling of uh, of the chan action on it but at its core at its heart it's it's a johnny wang film and it's brutal mm-hmm. very much and uh, i'm gonna go through uh, another sequence here uh, you, you spoke of like cramped spaces uh, close quarter spaces what about that scene where the attack takes place in that small narrow apartment with the stunt oh, team. Oh, I think that's my favorite scene. Yeah, the attack on the apartment. It's I really think so. Good, it does a group dangerous. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get that outside bit as well where Ben's like dangling um, on the side of the building. Just really, really good. I think it might be the, the highlight of the film next to the uh, finale, the true finale. Yeah, it, it shows the stunt team are up in their game while making it. Uh, very dangerous fully clear and all those different panels that they can shove people's heads through are are utilized in that very it's a limited space but there's 
it, it's really glass door in an apartment here. You know, police story was known as glass door. This is a glass story, a little bit of glass story. <laughs> if there's a panel to shove someone's head in, they will. That head is going to get shoved in. And there, someone's yeah. TV, uh, TV as well, and photo frames are busted <laughs> by bodies and faces. You know, like uh, under cranking aside, I think it's uh, it's uh, really powerful and. Uh, that's uh it just continues to escalate in a good way we're not tired of this so oh another one of these like not really <laughs> oh another great action scene oh turn it off i've had enough what about the finale uh, at the ghost festival that outside site uh with a lot of uh, bamboo scaffolding and what have you what, what it's did you think kind, it's kind of perfect um in terms of you think about the actual staging with the uh, the bamboo and the fire and it's really really good really well thought out it's a bit more of an open space than we used to um compared to the kind of close quarters or close quarter locations of the previous fights but it's really good they use the space well and it really does get get a bit dangerous <laughs> if it hasn't got dangerous so far this is very very dangerous they're adding uh, fire stunts uh, for the stuntmen to do uh, which they've done earlier in the film they continue to do here so there's some gnarly seemingly uh, long takes of um, stuntmen uh, on fire here and uh, yeah. rolling around as well and um, you know obviously gelled up and protected but still those things are dangerous and those guys are put into the midst of it and uh, they're doing a heck of a job yeah, putting their lives on the line for our entertainment. And it, yeah, it really is just an amazing sight to behold. It's the, it's the second film in a row from Johnny Wang with an attempted attack during an opera performance. In Widow Warriors, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, Sekin and Michael Chan and all those guys, they were at an indoor opera performance. And here, uh, there's an outdoor opera performance. Both great scenes. Uh, and, and I loved as well how it kicks off is extraordinary. How, how the how the coordination you know having to do with everyone reacting like how everyone goes from zero to 100 in this action scene is just uh the build-up's very good yeah and it just does just kick off all, all, all of a sudden um i think there's definitely like attention to it as well this kind of purposeful uh attention to it which is which is really good and so everyone comes off well here it still doesn't sell me on Ben Lamb as a, a romantic lead, but uh, certainly action performer, he is a good one. And uh, but I am not surprised with the, that this experiment went went to the wayside uh, or anything. And uh, Wong Jing putting to better use in Return to a Better Tomorrow as a supporting character. That's uh, the tropey betrayal uh, uh, betrayal type of character, but he does it ever so well. I think he's. It's a shame because he's got kind of leading man looks, and he's definitely got the physicality. Physicality, and you'd, you'd think that maybe he would, I don't know, thrive in that position. But he just doesn't quite get there, really, in terms of the full package, which is which is a shame. Because he can, you know, he can act, and he has uh, been very menacing and very uh, powerful figure in a lot of films. So it's just a shame that he couldn't quite get to that go to those lengths here i think that one in the professional package that return to a better tomorrow was he really becomes one of his better roles uh, there's a beat mm-hmm. earlier when we don't know he's uh, he's actually working against loching one and the guys someone greets him as you know big rubber big boss and he he sort of i mean it's gonna sound cheesy but he, he does it well he opens his eyes a little bit and stares at him like don't say that he doesn't say that but is that you know glare and open his eyes a little bit like no no uh and he does that ever so well and then uh the, you know it, it's a movie that escalates as well it's a fucking violent film that return to a better tomorrow uh nice thing shoot a kid right in the back of the head in that one yeah. 
<laughs> Welcome to Hong Kong Cinema. Yeah. Goes easy on him. <laughs> so, uh, and it's admirable when all of a sudden done that Johnny Wang, he didn't have like one intense ending in him. He had several. He's still doing them. He did it for this man. He's dangerous Hong Kong Godfather. And here we are with Angry Ranger. He's still doing his violent, intense endings. And it, it's still good. Still really good, as a matter of fact. So it's not a trait to his voice that is lacking in um, scope. You know, uh, because he's done it so well over and over. So he does, He didn't run He didn't run out of ideas, is my point. To... to uh, punish his stuntman and punish the audience and uh, <laughs> so uh, that makes Angry Ranger this a little uh, little gem with uh, a fair amount of problems but it's very easy to forget about them when uh, when it all kicks off in the various uh, uh, pieces scattered throughout the film so definitely would definitely as I say yeah the narrative isn't the most exciting characters are kind of there but just you know they just don't quite don't quite take off as much as the action does so I think uh, the action definitely forgives a lot of the film. Um, but it is a bit of a rough ride at times, just in terms of kind of the narrative. But I think, you know, the action wins out at the end of the day. Very much. I almost thought, but uh, then it was confirmed that it wasn't him, that Johnny Wang had a brief cameo in the film. Um, there's a sparring scene with Sun Chen and two of his, uh, two of his uh, uh, minions. It goes so fast. So you're like, it's a guy with a moustache there. Is that Johnny Wang? And and it really goes so, so fast. But then in a later scene, it turns out, like, like I was 50% sure, right? And then in a later scene where we see that guy, like in a calm scene and uh, watching him, it's a, it's a different guy with a very similar moustache <laughs> and hair. <laughs> he was taking grooming tips from, from Johnny. In that sparring scene, he's uh, that guy, whatever his name is, is uh, paired up with... Uh, a guy we discussed uh, in uh, in the prior episode, one of uh, the stunt arrangers that has turned up in a couple of uh, Johnny Wang's uh, produ- productions behind the scene, Hong San Nam, who's also interviewed on the Marshall Club Blu-ray. So he's in the film. He's not doing action for this one, but he's in the film. He's one of the two persons that uh, Sun Chen uh, kicks around in that scene, and he appears um, from that point uh, onwards in a couple of narrative scenes and surely action as well. So... Um, that um, he's keeping his some of his company around is um, is my uh, is my point. And he turned out to be the action choreographer for uh, Escape from Brothel, which, believe it or not, needs that uh, because it has <laughs> uh, it has a couple of scenes of uh, bloody brutal action, but obviously has a choreographed scene with Sophia Crawford and Billy Chow, one of which is new to guess who? It better be Billy. Well, I, I, he he is, but. You don't see that much. Of Sophia, you see quite a bit. Uh, so Hong San Nam was the choreographer on um, Escape from Brothel, including that scene, presumably. Not the most common thing to do, even with the Category 3 classification. You didn't see that a whole lot of times. Uh, strangely enough, you'd think... Fi- well, well th- there's a reason for it. You probably wouldn't find many candidates. That's that's true also. Yeah, that's true also. So big ups for, to Sophia for... Um, for uh, being brave to do that, and um, and no, I didn't talk to her about that at all when I when I interviewed her a couple of years ago. That's what we were all wondering. Nope, I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a gent, damn it. So, <laughs> and and I really took her uh, not that she, she needed to give me any point, but I, I remember asking her off the cuff if she rewatched any of her action throughout the years or any of her movies mm. throughout the years, 
Uh, and she said, well, yes and no. I mean, I remember them more than anything, uh, what I was pleased with and what I was not pleased with. And some of the things I did were kind of dodgy. <laughs> dodgy. And that's Putting all I needed to know. You know so <laughs> uh, so uh, that's what I did. But uh, that's what we're going to do next episode. Uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to that. Escape from Brothel and possibly Kung Fu or off or from Latin Latin dance, I don't care really, but we're gonna try and watch it. It's on there. It's on there. It's on the site. It's on a streaming <laughs> site. Yay! But as for availability of Angry Ranger, Universe handles the letterbox subtitle Laserdisc. Yeah, looks very good if you can find it. And pro- uh, probably they put out the VCD as well. Uh, the film re- was reissued on VCD and DVD by Joy Sales a few years ago. Those silver box uh, uh, collections. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like them. The. Uh two-sided yes. poster yes, sir. covers. Yeah, they're uh, awesome. That's no longer in print. Uh, the sole listing on eBay was well over 100 US dollars for reasons. Bootleg or full YouTube versions, standard definition or HD, uh, they're very sparse as well. So Angry Ranger is a little bit out of circulation currently, which is yeah. not good. But, a bit rarer. So uh, if you can get uh, something to watch, uh, either VCD or Laserdisc, then uh, it's all good. It's all fine. Uh, but uh, it, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not lost or anything. It's just one of those things that it hasn't been transferred to HD and put up on Chinese uh, streaming sites in Mandarin with Chinese subtitles only, which is the case for many Hong Kong films. Uh, but um, I couldn't find anything on this one. Exactly. We'll see it soon. It'll be reissued soon. I think pretty much everything is, so I'm sure it'll be included in that list. There are boutique labels that um, take chance on... Uh, on smaller films, a little bit more cultish films, some boutique labels are going for the big, big, uh, big guns, the stuff that Fortune Star has that they really want to sell because uh, they have a nice international appeal. But there are a couple of labels out there that I think uh, would be able to take a chance on Angry Ranger and get some eyes and uh, sales out of it, on it. Mm, 100%. And out of it. Yeah, 100%. It deserves it because it's a, it's a fun one. Uh, so yeah, so next episode, as I said, uh, we've done Escape from Brothel on, in one of the earliest This Week in Sleaze episodes, me and the great Lord Joshua Regal, but it's been a while, and it hasn't been on the director series, and I think, I, I was struggling with it, should we just do a quick review of it, but no, we, uh, it's been s- so many years, and also it's uh, on a different show, so why not to complete the directorial coverage and all of that, so... Uh, I know you guys are desperate to hear my opinions on the matter. So, do you know what I mean? I'm not going to let you down. You'll have to close your eyes during a couple of scenes, Tom, uh, because uh, you're not of age, right? Yeah. And make sure we don't watch it past my bedtime. You know, anything after 6 p.m. I'm going to be able to do We're uh, We're keeping an eye on Tom so he's not... Uh... He's not exposed to materials that he shouldn't uh, shouldn't be exposed <laughs> I, to. I don't want to be corrupted at, at such a young age. Well, the, the thing with Escape from Brothel, it's kind of all over the place, but it, uh, man doesn't have an impact when it uh, goes for for dark. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Because the the nude fight is it's not funny, but it's certainly not in tune with the brutality throughout the film necessarily. Uh, it's uh, just one of those things. Well, we 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 have decided we, we, this movie is going to be category three. So. Uh, so yeah, can you ask around if someone is willing and uh, for for compensation? And uh, does they got uh, Sophia Crawford and uh, all of that? But uh, we have the option, by the way, to because Escape from Brothel, as we'll talk about, had this difficult history in the UK. Well, this was sliced to bits, and I might be mistaken. I, I simply might might be completely incorrect and haven't stated factual things. But I think when it was first submitted in the nineties. 
that scene was completely cut from the UK version. Rather, rather than cut around it, the BBFC just said, nah. I think you're right, but it's been a very long time since I've, I've, I've seen that cut. Um, but I'm, I'm certain. Because I've only seen the, uh, the uncut tape that they put out uh, elsewhere. The, the British company put out an uncut version of Escape from Brothel in Holland where they could, right? Um, so that's what we're going to watch, uh, therefore. Uh, but we'll get to that. Escape from Brothel next and possibly Kung Fu from Latin Dance. Stay tuned. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to it, man. Uh, end on a cheery note possibly who, who knows what kind of voice Johnny Wang had in 2003 <laughs> we will find out very shortly Kung Fu from Latin Dance Killers <laughs> Sorry, snap 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah for all your Podcast on Fire network needs including the back catalogue of the director series go to podcastonfire.com social media links are available on the site hit us up on Facebook join the discussion and uh, thank you so much for uh, whenever you do and whatever you um participate and uh, listen and share your views it's uh, it's meaningful to say the least it really is so thank you and uh, go do that and uh, i'm gonna hand over to tom for a little quick plug of the logologs the logologs yeah guys please go and check out our our, our youtube um that would be awfully nice of you uh that is the logologs on youtube and same on the instagram at the logologs when is Stu going to bring you on his uh, tour of breweries? Oh, man, he's got so many up there in Scotland compared to down here. Sadly, he really is like living the vida loca at well, the moment. Well, that's we, no excuse. If there's one, then he should go. Go to you and you should tour it together. He should do more work is what you're saying, right? Oh, no. He's, re- he's really letting the side down. I mean, how, how, how many hours away <laughs> is he? Like one? He's um, what, driving or walking. <laughs> cycling <laughs> unicycling he's only a couple hours away yeah but keep your eyes peeled guys because coming up hopefully in the next couple of months will be a reunion of your two favorite podcast hosts uh, in the flesh because uh, it's our second year anniversary so we will be doing something special um, and you'll be the first to find out about it if you're on the Instagram or the YouTube so that's definitely a reason to, to follow keep your eyes peeled Buy buy whatever brand or t- taste testing so you can do it together. So it'll be four D. Let's do it, guys. Let's make it interactive. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's share. Let's share the experience together. I think it will be a special moment. Goody, goody. Looking forward to it and uh, see you for the finale, the Johnny Wayne finale. You are you guys out there, and we'll see you, Tom, for the escape from brothel uh, finale. So watch it uh, under the covers, away from uh, prying eyes. <laughs> with like a with a torch and the lights I wasn't watching out. porn I wasn't watching porn she's just getting stabbed she's just getting stabbed it's not porn it's violence I'm watching not porn you'll never view baseball bats the same again that's my little tease for escape from brothel so I've been Kennedy with me was Tom KW see you guys thank you cheers guys see you soon